Good morning. Uh, kids, excited to have you in the service, as always, on family worship service. It's fun to see all your faces. Uh, how many of you have one of these at home or had one of these growing up? This is a piggy bank, in case you can't see. I know it's a small one. Okay. All right. I, I've got this morning uh, a math question to start out related to a piggy bank. Okay. And uh, we'll say the first person 14 or under who can give me the correct answer. Uh, you can take your pick of, I've got two prized up here, either Skittles or uh, Hershey's chocolate bar. So you can take your pick. Uh, here's the catch though. You can't use your phone or any electronic device. Uh, this is old fashioned math. Uh, and and this, is a, this is a pretty difficult one. So you're probably gonna need the help of your parents or other people around you. So if you're an adult uh, around kids this morning, you can help them out uh, by help giving them the answer to this. So, it, uh, once you have the answer, you can raise your hand. I'll just go with the first person who raises their hand. No, just like guessing numbers, you have to think you actually have the answer. But here, here's the question. If for the next year you put a quarter in a piggy bank every single day, 365 days, how many dollars would you have at the end of that year? Right? I don't know how many quarters, how many dollars you can round to the nearest dollar. Okay, ready, set, go. You think you know? 90, 91, how'd you get that so quick? That is the right answer. <laughs> That's incredible. Was that, was that your mom? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, which, one, which, one, which one do you want, Sadie? All right, awesome. I'll save the Skittles for second service. That was far faster than I thought it would be. That's impressive. Uh, all right, just imagine then for a moment that you not only do it for one year, 365 days, but for the next 50 years of your life, every single day, you put a quarter in a piggy bank over and over and over again. Obviously, like one piggy bank couldn't hold that many quarters, but let's say, let's say it could. Well, at the end of that 50 years, you would have $4,562 or 456,250 quarters. So a lot of quarters. And that piggy bank would ultimately tell the story of how you faithfully, day after day after day, put another quarter into the piggy bank. Our lives are meant to be a little bit like that piggy bank. And what I mean by that is this, that our lives are meant to tell the story of how day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, over and over and over and over again, God displayed his faithfulness to us. That, that our lives are meant to tell the story of God's faithfulness. We, we've been in this series on Genesis 1 through 11, and we're getting near the end of it, that we've titled the, the, the story of your life, looking at the beginning of the Bible to see how it makes sense of our lives. And last week, kids, we looked at a story that you're probably familiar with, Noah and the flood. And we saw how that's a story of God's justice and also his grace. But this morning, we're going to look at that story again and come at it from a different angle to see how it's a story of God's faithfulness, not just to Noah, but then also to us. And as we look at it, we're going to ask three questions. We're going to ask, first of all, what do we mean when we say God is faithful? Probably every one of us has heard that or said that. God is faithful. What do we mean when we say that? 
Second of all, how do we experience God's faithfulness in our lives, in my life, in your life? And then thirdly, how can we be confident that God will always be faithful to us, no matter what? And then we'll wrap up this morning by asking one final question, which is just this. How can my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? So let's, let's read. We'll be in Genesis 6, just two verses in there, and then we'll jump to Genesis 9 and read uh, verses 8 through 15 there. So let me pray for us before we do. God, we praise you that these stories that are thousands of years old are stories that you still speak to us through today because you are the same God, the same God who you were to Noah is the same God that you are today to us because you are unchanging in all your character, all your perfections, all your ways. And so we pray that this story would speak into our lives today as well. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 6, verses 17 and 18 says this. For behold, this is God speaking to Noah, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, talking to Noah, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Now we jump to chapter 9, and this is after the flood, and Noah's off the ark. Then God said to Noah, chapter 9, verse 8, and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you, and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, or never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds of the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. We, we might just start by asking, what do we mean when we say God is faithful? There might be many different things we mean to that, but one of the things I think this story displays for us is this, that what we mean is God makes promises and God keeps promises. That, that, that this is the story of Noah in large part, that God is faithful. He, he speaks his word and then he keeps his word. He makes a promise and he keeps a promise. And in many ways, this is the entire story of the Bible. God making promises and then keeping those promises to his people. And, and one of the great things about promises is that ultimately they show us whether someone can be trusted or not. Promises show us, can this person be trusted? So how many of you, demonstrate this, how many of you like the show Bluey? There's gotta be more than that. How many of you like that? Okay, I have a confession to make. I love Bluey. I love, if you don't know what Bluey is, it's a TV show on Disney Junior about a family of four dogs, Bluey, Bingo, and their mom and dad. And I think I like Bluey more than my four-year-old son likes Bluey. 
And one of my favorite episodes is an episode called Promises. Promises. And in that episode, we find both Bluey and her dad making promises, and then they end up breaking those promises and not keeping them. And the mom calls them out for it and says, well, you can't do this. And and so they, they say to each other, okay, from now on, we will keep our promises no matter what. And, and then they do the kind of childhood version of a covenant, which is what? Pinky swear. And what's interesting is, is later in the episode, the, the mom says something that's so simple, but also profound. She says this, the whole point of promises is to build trust. And so when we see God in the Bible make promises, like his promise to Noah that he will rescue him from the flood, and then keep those promises. It's meant to tell not just Noah, but us, hey, God is faithful. You can trust him. That God's kept promises demonstrate his faithfulness. One of the ways for you and I to read the whole story of the Bible is to be able to say, look, look at how God always keeps his word and always keeps his promises, even when it seems most unlikely. Think about Noah. We talked a little bit about this last week. I have no doubt that at times in Noah's life, it really seemed like God was not going to keep his word. God comes to Noah and he tells him, hey, I want you to build an ark because I'm going to send a flood. And you know how many years it was until God sent that flood then? Talked about this last week. No, not seven days. That's what it seems like when we read through it. A hundred years, likely, is what we saw last week. That Noah's likely 500 when God tells him to build a boat, and then 600 when the flood. A hundred years, Noah's building this boat in a desert. I bet there's many times Noah's saying, God, are you really going to send a flood? Or am I just crazy? And God does, and he keeps his word. And then Noah gets on the boat, and do you know how many days he and his family are on the boat? We talked about this last week. Yeah, guess. How many? Not quite. Nope, more than that. We're all just going to guess 40 now. <laughs> no, 370 all, over an entire year, right? And we talked about last week, like he's just on this boat. And I, how many times must he wonder, God, are you really, like, this is a wooden boat. I built it. There's a fl- are, are we going to sink? God, are you really going to see us through this? And God does. See, as we read the story of Noah and many other stories in the Bible, we're meant to see God is faithful. He can be trusted. His word can be trusted. And as we see this, we can then know God's current promises are reliable because he is faithful. When we see that someone keeps their promises, then we can know, okay, we can trust them when they make promises in the future, like like God's promises to us. Picture it this way. Imagine that I tell you, hey, you do not want to miss the VBS kickoff tonight. You say, well, why, why, Kyle? Why, Why should I be there? And I tell you, because there's going to be free pulled pork, French cut, fresh cut French fries, ice cream, and, and wait for it, cotton candy. And you know, it's all going to be free. Now, let's say you show up tonight, and, and I tell you that, I promise, I promise you it's going to be there. And all that stuff is there. Well, then later in the week, if I go to make you a promise and say, hey, here's what's going to be at VBS tonight, you don't want to miss it you're probably going to be far, far more likely to trust me because you've seen Kyle's promises come true. N- notice the first thing that God does in the flood story after Noah and his family get off the ark. He makes another promise. He makes another covenant. 
And this time it says, I will never again send a flood to destroy the earth. Imagine a scenario with me for a moment. Imagine you're Noah, you get off the boat, and a month later, it starts to rain again. And not just like drizzle, like it's a downpour. And you think back, and you're like, well, last time this happened, it was a flood that wiped out everything. And I don't have my boat anymore. How do I know that God's not going to wipe us out again? And in that moment, Noah would have been able to say, well, Noah, remember, God kept his promise to you previously. He'll keep his promise to you today. You can trust him. He's reliable. See, God's past faithfulness encourages us to trust him with the future. I think one of the great challenges we wrestle with is this question. Will God be faithful to me tomorrow? Will he be faithful to me next week? What about next month? What about next year? Because there's all sorts of things that lie out in the future that can cause us to be fearful and worried and anxious, and we think, will I be okay? Will God really take care of me? And one of the things that we can do is to look back at the Bible and also our own lives and see, look at all the ways God kept his promises. He will be faithful to you tomorrow. You can trust him. God displays his faithfulness over and over again so that we might trust him. Next, next we might ask this question then. How do we experience God's faithfulness in our lives? Firsthand, how do we experience his faithfulness in our lives to, to me and to you? And, and here's what we might say to that. We experience God's faithfulness in our lives as we live by faith. We experience God's faithfulness in our lives as we live by faith. Noah is mentioned many times outside of Genesis. Anyone want to guess how many other books of the Bible Noah is mentioned in? Eight is the correct answer. Eight. And one of the most famous places he's mentioned is in a chapter of Hebrews 11, kind of a famous chapter for faith that gives us both this great definition of what faith is, but also then great pictures of faith in action in people's lives. First of all, we we find the definition in Hebrews 11.1, where the author says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Here's how one person describes that verse. Faith is rock-solid trust that when God makes a promise, it is true and right. It is absolute assurance and confidence that God's word can be relied upon. Then we get pictures of this type of faith in action. And one of the pictures is Noah. And we hear about it in Hebrews 11:7, where it says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, the flood, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Do you know what made it possible for Noah to experience God's faithfulness in his life? By taking a massive step of faith where he built a ginormous boat in the middle of a desert. Th- think about how many days that would have seemed crazy. How many days would have been like, what are you doing, Noah? You're not even anywhere close to water. How many days people would have thought and told Noah, you are crazy, you are nuts, what are you doing? And yet as Noah trusted God and obeyed God, he ultimately saw God's faithfulness to him and his family in his life displayed. It's often our steps of faith 
that are, that are an opportunity to see God's faithfulness or experience God's faithfulness. And here's what I mean by that. We may know in our heads God is faithful, and we say that, and we confess that. But it's often not until we step out to obey God in some way, especially in ways that maybe feel risky, that we firsthand then experience, wow, God really is faithful, and he really does have me in my life under his control. That, that, that maybe it is something like going on a mission trip that puts you way outside your comfort zone, and then you watch how God shows up and works in the midst of that. That, that maybe it's, it's being generous and giving away money sacrificially, and yet seeing how time after time God continues to provide for you and your family. That, that, may, that maybe it's telling someone else about Jesus and seeing how God helped you even though you were completely terrified in that moment. Wow, he showed up. Maybe it's inviting someone new into your life or your home in order to get to know them and love them and watch how God uses that. Maybe it's stepping out into some new area of life that God's calling you to step into and then watching how God just takes care of you and works in and through you in the midst of that. It's as we step out in faith that we ultimately often experience God's faithfulness and experience just how much he's got us. Here's maybe a way to picture that. This is a harness. I'm going to try to get into this harness without tripping. We'll see if it works. I had one practice in this in the bathroom before service. So if I do it, hey, there we go. Almost. Hopefully I have it right. Nope, definitely don't. But it'll work. That's all right. <laughs> Imagine I had this harness on right. And I walk, or I, I had it on. As I walked around, I said, yes, I know that if I fall off of a cliff or if I jump off of a ledge and I'm hooked into a rope, this harness will hold me. I know that. I know that. But, but you know, it, it's not until I actually hook into a zip line or something like that and jump off a perfectly safe ledge that I then experience just how fully this harness has got me and is holding on to me in that moment. It's, it's where every other thing isn't holding on to me that I experience, okay, this harness has got me. It, it's in those moments in our lives where we step out in faith and we do something and we say, I, I have no idea how this is going to work out, that we experience just how much God has us in those moments. And so we should be encouraged to take steps of faith. I mean, think about even in your own life. What's a time that you said yes to God in obedience and you watched as he just faithfully took care of you in the midst of that? Or, or what's an area in your life right now where God's kind of prompting and pushing you a little bit, saying, I want you to do this. I want you to step out in this way. And how might that be another opportunity to see God's faithfulness? An another thing we can see from Noah's story, I think, is this, that our days of difficulty are an opportunity to experience God's faithfulness. Again, we talked about this last week, but, but I think we often just gloss over this fact. Picture Noah and his family on that boat day after day after day for 370 days. Picture how difficult that would be. You're in a wooden boat with your family and lots of stinky animals. There's no way that being on that boat was not challenging and difficult and really hard. Like, I, I just have to imagine there are days where they woke up and they said, I don't know if I can do one more day on this boat. That there were days they woke up and said, God, how soon, how soon are you going to get us off this boat? Days where they went throughout the day and said, God, God, do you even hear us and see us on this boat? Because it sure does not feel like it 
today. And yet as Noah looked back in his family in those 370 days, they would be able to say, man, God was faithfully with us every step of the way. And he carried us the entire way through that storm. It's often in our most difficult days that we experience God's faithfulness most deeply in our lives. I have a video of someone testifying to that truth, a guy by the name of Andrew Peterson, who actually wrote the song that we sung earlier, uh, Is He Worthy? And so you can watch it's a short video here. I mean, th- think even in your own life. Where, where could you answer that prompt that he was given in the beginning? Where in your own life could you answer the prompt, tell me about a time when in your weakness God demonstrated his faithfulness? I think about as we trust God in the days of difficulty, we're often, maybe not always, but often able to look back and see how his faithfulness carried us through those days. Which leads to to the, the third part of this. God's faithfulness is often seen in reverse, right? It's usually not until we look back that we actually get to see God was faithful in the midst of that for me. Think about even the sign that God gives Noah. What's the sign God gives Noah for his covenant here? A rainbow. When does a rainbow show up? Most often after the storm. I think that's fascinating. That that it's after the storm has come and gone that then they want to look back and say, that's right, God was remembering me even in the midst of it. He was caring for me. He had me. He was faithful in the midst of it. It's often not until we walk through the storm that we look back and say, God, you were faithful every step of the way. And I think that's helpful for us to remember when we're in the midst of storms and challenges in this life. Because in the midst of them, here's what we tend to think. God, what in the world are you doing? Where in the world are you at? What is happening here? And to remember in those moments, no, my God is faithful. Something good is coming because he has promised this. And I will hold on to that. And one day I'll be able to hopefully look back and see his faithfulness written all over this chapter of my life as well. Which leads to the third question. How can we be confident God will always be faithful to us? How can we be confident his faithfulness is always secure to us? And I think the answer is this, that God's faithfulness to us is secured by Jesus God's specific promise he makes to Noah and and to all humans and all animals in Genesis 9 is this, I'm not going to destroy the earth again with a flood. And and what's interesting about this covenant and promise is that it doesn't ultimately depend on humans. God knows humans are just as sinful after the flood as they are before the flood, yet he promises, I'm not going to wipe you out with a flood again. What's that teaching us? God's faithfulness does not ultimately depend on us. It depends on him and his promises. But but what's also interesting is that God continues to make covenants throughout the Bible. We see one with Abraham. We see one with uh, Moses and the Israelites. We see one with David and then ultimately this new covenant through Jesus. And, And what's interesting is that often in these other covenants, God makes promises, but there are also responsibilities given to humans. Where in some sense he's saying, I am promising to do this if you promise also to love, trust, and obey me. See, what we find is the Bible is not just a story of God making his promises and keeping his promises. It's also a story of you and I and all humans making promises 
and then failing to keep those promises over and over again. Failing to love, trust, and obey God as we should because we're sinners who love ourselves rather than loving God. And so we're left with this problem. How can we expect God to be faithful to us when we're so unfaithful to him? How can we expect him to keep his promises to us when we fail to keep almost all of our promises to him? And the answer is ultimately found in Jesus. That, that Jesus is the one who perfectly loves, trusts, and obeys God. He's the one who keeps all the promises that we failed to keep from our end and so secures all of God's promises to us. In fact, th- this is how Paul captures this in 2 Corinthians 1.20. He says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him, Jesus. That is why through him, it is why through him we can utter our amen to God for his glory. So if you, if you want to know, how can I be confident God will really be faithful to me? How can I be confident he will be with me? How can I be confident he will be my helper and my shield and my defender? How can I be confident he's going to provide for me? How can I be confident he will always love me and never abandon me? How can I be confident he's 100% for me? The answer to all those questions is we look to Jesus and we trust him and we say, because of Jesus, I can be confident God will be faithful and keep his promises to me. Here's a way I think maybe to picture this. It might be a little bit like this. How many of you love Dutch Wonderland? I love Dutch Wonderland. I don't know who doesn't. Uh, I can't wait to take my son to Dutch Wonderland again this year. And I found out this past week that if you're someone who has a season ticket holder, there's these things throughout the year that are called bring a buddy day. And you know what bring a buddy day is? It means if you have a season ticket, you can bring along a friend for free to Dutch Wonderland. Now imagine with me for a moment that you are that friend who gets to go along. And you go to Dutch Wonderland, you enter the park, and and you're there, and you're riding the rides, and you're having a great time, and then all of a sudden, someone from Dutch Wonderland comes up to you and says to you, hey, wait a second, I've been watching you. You didn't pay to get in here. I, I didn't see you pay to get in here. What right do you have to enjoy all these rides? What right do you have to be in Dutch Wonderland? Why should I leave you stay here? What, what would you do in that moment if you were the friend? You'd look to your, the, your friend who has a season ticket and you'd say, because I'm with him. What's interesting is I think there are these moments in our lives where Satan causes us to doubt God's promises and his faithfulness. And one of the ways he does that is by accusing us and says, what right do you have to think God will be faithful to you? What right do you have to really believe God's going to be with you? That he's going to do good to you? that he's for you and on your side, look look at yourself. You are a mess. You're a sinner. Look at all the ways you've screwed up and you think God's gonna be faithful to you. What, What right do you have? And in those moments, I think we're prone to try to give a defense and say, well, because I did this, because, and we look inward. And what we ultimately need to do in those moments is just look to Christ and say, because I'm with him, because I'm trusting in him, that as long as we are trusting in Christ, God will be faithful to us. He'll be faithful to us, not because we are faithful to him, but because we are trusting in Jesus and we can know that he will keep all, all of his promises to us. All right, here, here's what I want to do. 
kind of as, as we wrap up this morning, I, I want to hit on three things. I want to answer this final question. How can your life and my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? And, and I'm going to ask for your particip- participation here, not in a major way. All you got to do is raise your hand a couple times. But me, here's the first way we could answer that question. How can my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? By telling stories of how God has been faithful to you. And so here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna throw out just a couple different areas of life. Big kind of big areas of life. And, and, And I want you to think, have I seen God's faithfulness to me in this area? And if you have, I'd love to just have you raise your hand. And maybe you don't for all of them, because maybe there are ones where you say, I, I haven't, but, but hopefully there are some where you say, yeah, I've seen how God is faithful to me in this area. And it might just be a reminder to us, like our God really is faithful. Because here's what I would guess. I would guess for every single one of us, or at least a lot of us, there are areas in our life that we can point to and we can say, yeah, I saw God's faithfulness so clearly here. And there are other areas in our life that we look at and we think, I don't know what God's doing here. And I need to be reminded that he is faithful. And so maybe this might just serve as a declaration, a reminder, our God is faithful. And so here's the first one. How many of you have seen God's faithfulness in your finances in some way? That you prayed for God to, yeah, put your hand up high if you have it. That you prayed for God to provide. You took a risk. And keep him up. Please keep him up. Yeah. And somehow you saw God take care of you. Like, look around, look around. Our God really is faithful. He really is. All right, how how many of you have seen your faithfulness, or God's faithfulness, sorry, in your family in some way? That he provided for you in the area of a child or spouse, or he saw your family through a really difficult time, right? Like, do you see, look, God is faithful. He really is. All right, what about how many of you have seen God's faithfulness in your health some way? That he saw you through some illness or sickness, whether by healing you or just giving you the grace to endure. Like our, our God is faithful. How, how many of you have seen God's faithfulness through a new season of life? You started a new job. You started doing foster care. You went to a new school. You moved your family. And you saw, man, God took care of us even in the midst of that new season of life. Like our God is so faithful. Last one is really just a catch-all. How many of you have seen God's faithfulness as you face some challenge you weren't sure you could make it through? You thought, like, this might drown me. This might take me under. And yet you saw how God was faithful in the midst of it. I mean, like, our God really is faithful. He really, really is. Kids, let me encourage you. Put your parents on the spot this week. Say, Mom, Dad, tell me about a time God was faithful to you. And listen to how they respond to that question. Second answer we might have that. Strengthen yourself with God's promises. This is one of the benefits for us of memorizing Scripture because it's a way we can commit God's promises to memory and then go back to them over and over and over again as we need them. In fact, let me just ask, and I'll ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have a verse that you often go back to over and over and over again, that you've memorized, that you find yourself just quoting to yourself over and over again? How many of you would have a verse like that? Yeah. Anyone want to yell out what that verse is? You can just give me the the, uh, reference to it. You don't have to say the whole verse. Hebrews 10, 23, Romans 12, two. Romans 12 two. We could probably just spend a whole service having people get up and read those verses. Here's mine. And kids, it's actually one you're going to memorize in two months. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will support you. With, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
I, I, I say that verse to myself probably at least once a week, often as I'm standing right over there before I get up to preach. Kids, let me encourage you, you the, the verses you memorize today, you might memorize them for the candy that you get, but they might end up being the rocks you find yourself standing on later in your life. And adults, let me remind us, memory verses are not just for kids. It's one of the ways that we can strengthen ourselves with God's promises as we hold his word in our heart. Finally, thirdly, how can my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? To see challenges in your life as opportunities. One thing is guaranteed for every single one of us. There will be lots of challenges we face in this life. Some that we choose to face as we step out in faith and others that God brings into our life that we never would have choose to face on our own. And one of the ways to see those challenges is to actually see this is another opportunity for me to see God's faithfulness displayed in my life. That, that I might look at whatever the big or small challenges are I'm facing right now in this life and say, this is one more opportunity for me to see God's faithfulness displayed. It's really easy. I don't know if you feel this way, I feel this way. It's really, really easy to want the life of least resistance, the life that's easiest, the life that's not full of twists and turns and it's just kind of a straight path. And yet if God gave us that life, we wouldn't have many examples of his faithfulness. It's rather as he takes us through twists and turns all over the place that then we can look back one day and say, my life has been a story of God's faithfulness every single step of the way. Let's pray. God, we join in saying with your people over the generations, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. God, I pray that you would help us to be people who stand on your faithfulness. That that would be the, the rock that holds on to us in the midst of whatever storms we face in this life but I also pray that we'd be the people who live by faith in your faithfulness, taking steps of obedience and risk with our life, stepping into challenges that we say, there's no way that I can do this. There's no way I can do this, but I trust that God is faithful and that he'll be there with me every step of the way. I pray this in Jesus' name.